Welcome to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there is time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. Welcome to episode 102 of the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-host, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. And on today's episode, we want to discuss uh, the unspecified diagnosis coding and kind of some of the trends we're seeing out there. Um, We had a uh, good discussion in our uh, weekly coding workshop, our internal weekly coding workshop, and uh, want to continue that discussion on the podcast. So, Mark, do you want to share a little bit kind of the background and what we're seeing out there? Sure. So we've got a, a couple of payers um, around the country, and we're starting to see it e- increase across the board that are um, kicking back um, claims as denied um, with diagnosis codes that are in the uh, less unspecified category. So one of them that we've been you know, talking about over the years that's kind of an obvious one is C67.9, um, which is malignant neoplasma of the bladder, unspecified. Um, so it, a lot of times their folks are, you know, have their quick pick lists on their EHR or um, on, you know, paper super bills if they're still using those. And bladder cancer has you know, one choice. Um, And to make it easier, it doesn't have all the locations within the bladder. And that's really the differentiation because a malignant neoplasm is a malignant neoplasm. And overall, I think there's a, you know, some sentiment out there that it, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I did remove it from a particular spot in the bladder and it can, I could easily go back in and map it to the exact right code. Like if it was anterior bladder wall, you would use a C67.3. But it's just easier to always pick the same C67.9, which is not specified, but not wrong in that it's not quite where it should be. But the ICD-10 conventions really tell you, just like CPT, that you are supposed to select the most accurate ICD-10 code. So um, you really should, for uh, an anterior wall uh, bladder tumor uh, that's malignant, use the C67.3. And the payers are starting to push on this. Um, and that's, you know, that's just one example of many that are out there. Um that you can choose a nine or a, a 0.9 or a 0.8 um, with location uh, that that's that's causing these kickbacks, but it's actually starting to go further, um, and and in some cases the denials actually are not um, really valid um, for those unspecified codes, and one of the ones that we saw the other day was an operation for the removal of a kidney mass. Um, It was not 
uh, assist. It was um, not specified as a malignant or benign. It was a kidney mass that was removed. Um, and of course, later on, um, they would get the pathology. But the reason that this was removed was because it was a mass and it was affecting the overall urinary system. And so it was removed, which is uh, typically valid. Now, if you look at the ICD-10 index and you look under mass and under kidney, um, the direct code that you're led to is the unspecified code of N28.89, um, which is other specified disorders of the kidney and ureter, which does fit into that catch-all category. And so the payer had kicked back a denial on that particular uh, case. And so we were discussing the appropriate approach for an appeal on a denial that went too far, which of course is what the payers do um, on what's going on. And I think a lot of the, the staff was in favor of going back to the pathology and finding maybe a little more specificity based on the, 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 the pathologic diagnosis and see if we could find a more specific code, um, which um, again is not technically incorrect, um, but it wasn't the reason you did the procedure. If you follow coding guidelines, the N28.89 is the right way to code that particular service. So um, we are going to, we decided um, that we would go for an appeal based on coding guidelines to see if we could set the precedent um, explaining to the payer that um, the ICD-10 code directed the use of N28.89 through the index um, and that they this was an incorrect denial. Um, we have yet to see what the results of that are going to be. Um, but we wanted to give that the, you know, which is, you know, the, the appropriate way to do it, see if we can educate the payer that, okay, we understand that there are some times when an unspecified ICD-10 code shouldn't be used, but there are reasons that those codes exist, and there are times when it is the most appropriate code to be used. So, with the uh, with the unspecified, and your it, it when it be does become the most appropriate code, and you're still getting a denial, you're saying just go. You got to go and appeal that every single time when that when that's happening. Well, so you're asking me for a a black and white answer in a world <laughs> that is gray, and. <laughs> And and so the, the, I can't give you that blanket answer. I mean the the reality is there you may have an unspecified diagnosis code that is appropriate, but a lot of patients you see and do things for multiple reasons. Um, so you know in some cases it might be more appropriate to swap the order of your codes, um, and that is something that we're seeing um, happen quite frequently. Um, you know, for example, we had uh, a group the other day, now this was not in urology, but in general surgery, that a woman 
um, came to see a general surgeon um, and had a lump in the right breast. Um, and um, the, the, the woman was also pregnant. And, and so the uh, group had coded the, in the first position, the, the pregnancy visit. Um, and in, although the, the woman was pregnant, that was not the reason for the visit. So that should have been in the the third or fourth in this case um, diagnosis position as as more informational than the reason for the visit, and um, we also found that there was a more specific code for the location of the breast lump than what they were using. So it was a combination of getting more specific on location and the specific code and changing the order of the codes and that happens with um, unspecified codes as well that you may have a patient in for bph and they also have erectile dysfunction of unknown origin um, you know the bph code should be the first code or the any of the lutz diagnoses and you know you probably in those cases you should be using bph with lutz first and then the symptoms in the next position and then um, the final, you know, position that you have, you would use uh, the the erectile dysfunction diagnosis. So um, you just need to, I mean, it is circumstantial um, with each one of those patients. Um, and you do need to be very careful in those communications um, with those payers. Ray, thoughts on uh, the discussion? Yes, uh, Mark, I have a question for you. We have some, uh, let me say, specific, non-specific codes that we've always used, like when you're doing a biopsy or a TUR of a bladder tumor that you really don't know what it, uh, whether it's a cancer or not. We've always used unspecified till we get the pathology back. And on the other side of the coin, a bladder tumor is one of the few that they have recognized that you could diagnose uh, visually, that if you know it's a transitional cell tumor, you can call it that, which most things we like to have confirmation pathologically before we code it. So in a situation like a TR of a bladder tumor, there's two issues that I'm asking your opinion on. One, if you really don't know what you've TUR'd, and the second is if you are pretty sure it's a transitional, but you don't have the path back, how would you code those two? Okay, so I'm glad you asked that. Um, so there are uh unspecified codes and there are unspecified codes for lack of a better way to say that so with bladder we have a neoplasm of unspecified behavior of bladder which is d49.4 so that is a code that is unspecified but specific to a circumstance that there is not a it's not really kind of a catch-all unspecified code 
like the N28.89. So that in those circumstances, and then then the unspecified code is actually specific, and that's one of the nuances of ICD-10 coding. So, um, you know, with the the blanket statement on unspecified, and that's why it's good you asked that question, is not about everything, every diagnosis that has unspecified. It's more about those codes that if in a list or within a family that have an unspecified like um, erectile dysfunction, um, which also has within the same family some very specific causes of erectile dysfunction. So there is some differentiation there on what an unspecified um, means relative to the coding structure. And that's really what the payers are trying to do is force more specific ICD-10 coding. Um, predominantly, I think, because they're just administrative um, dirtbags, but <laughs> also because it does um, do a better job of telling the story of what's going on with the patient. So um, there may be some uh, uh, we'll just say legitimate claims to what they're trying to do. Um, so that's, you know, that's one thing, um, in the unspecified side that we want to differentiate. And, and for your specific question, the D49.4 is the correct code for a TUR of that, uh, that tumor, um, or growth within the bladder that you don't know yet that what whether it's malignant transition or what it is. Um, now, um, your second, the second part of the question um, that you asked was, what if the physician knows, based on clinical experience, what that particular growth is and whether or not they need to wait for pathology to come back and confirm it? Um, according to ICD-10, the physician, in their clinical judgment, can diagnose to the specificity um, that they feel comfortable. So if the physician knows it's transitional or knows it's, um, you know, it, it's there's a specific behavior, they can jump in and code to that specificity. Um, so they don't have to wait. If they decide it's a malignant tumor and it's the anterior bladder wall, um, and maybe it's because the patient's already had bladder cancer in the past, or maybe it's because it just, based on years and years of experience by sight, you're certain that it is malignant. Um, the physician can elect to use the malignant neoplasm code of bladder wall, the C67.3. And I deliberately went back to a code we talked about because I'm I'm trying not to use too many numbers. So those of you who are driving don't have to write things down. Very good. That's clear, Mark. And I hope it's clear to everybody. If it's a specified, unspecified, <laughs> go ahead and use it. <laughs> I was being a little facetious there. <laughs> knows what you are talking about because that clarified it. And the only other point I would make that uh, you are correct, but we've always encouraged everybody to be uh, cautious when you put the the diagnosis of 
of cancer on anyone. So unless you are sure, I, I would still use the unspecified code, correct? Yep. Uh, I'm with you there, but you're the clinician. Well, as a clinician, I would still use the unspecified code unless I was absolutely 100% sure. Yep. And that I used very infrequently. All right. That is the way we've taught it over the years. Very good. Well, I think we've covered this one. Any? Let's go for uh, some final thoughts, and then I want to wrap it up with uh, what's coming up in July and uh, the workshop. So, Ray, any final thoughts on, uh, on no, specificity? No, I think covered this very well. Uh, hopefully, everybody is now fully understanding of what to do. Mark? So I'll, I'll go with the understanding in a changing environment like this is probably not achievable, but hopefully conceptually you've got some guidance now on ways to, to attack this particular issue. Um, and, um, but I, and I will also add um, that you know, this isn't the only ICD-10 problem we're seeing right now. We're seeing um, a number of rack audits and um, some deeper dives <clears throat> into uh, patient records to support um, the LCDs and the payer policies um, beyond just the unlisted codes. So, when you get a denial and it does look like you've got an incorrect diagnosis code um, based on the messaging, which is never as clear as we would like it, um, to pause and take two looks. So, you know, one would be, is there a more, could I have used a more specific ICD-10 code? Um, and then the second thing you might want to look at is, is this uh, a sequential LCD issue? like we have um, with some of the sacroneuromodulation codes that, you know, ultimately the patient was to have, you know, tried two drugs and failed pelvic floor and all those things that had to occur before the procedure. So um, those sometimes come back as diagnosis denials. Um, so, you know, you've got to, you know, it's it's getting the, the complexity of billing and the turn up of all these rules um, <clears throat> make it so that you do need to pause and try and figure out specifically, you know, what is the issue and what is my response um, for those particular denials. So it could be a lot of things. Take a look before you jump. Mark, you, you reminded me of one other comment we probably ought to make. <clears throat> you named a number of reasons that payers were doing this. And I want to remind everybody that another reason they're doing, they're denying claims is because they can. And they always, they know that not everybody that gets a denied claim is going to resubmit it. So the bottom line is, be sure and look at all denials and be sure 
and do whatever is necessary to to respond. Good point, Rob. Yep. All right. Well, we'll end it on that. Um, I did want to talk about the urologist coding workshop coming up on July 23rd. Uh, this is for, it's it's targeted at the provider, so the urologist and the APBs. Uh, so any QHP in urology. And, but others are welcome to attend, coders, billers, or admins, uh, if they want to learn the uh, kind of the perspective of the provider. But it's going to be uh, the three of us and Dr. John Lynn, and it's uh, on a Saturday so that it uh, doesn't run into your clinic hours. And uh, it's going to be from 10 a.m. Eastern time to 3 p.m. And in this workshop, we're going to really beef up, uh, help help the providers beef up their knowledge of coding. So oftentimes, as we discuss on this podcast, the coding you know, the things, the details about coding are so important. And so we're going to get into it and present, uh, you know, things like the ENM scenarios, modifiers, uh, how to apply those, and then answer any questions. So some of the best learning comes from hearing what others are asking, because you may be having the same issue, but not know it. So so those, that's why this discussion is so important. It's so important to have because so often as providers, you're practicing uh, with your coding and billing. You're kind of on an island within your, within your group. So this helps you see and, and be a part of the, the crowdsourcing to really understand the nuances that are happening out there. So we really encourage you to come join us. Um, you can go to the episode uh, prsnetwork.com forward slash 102 for episode 102 to get a link. There's a link there that you can go register for the urologist coding workshop. Um, Mark, Ray, any comments on the workshop? Uh, no, it should be fun and it should be a learning experience. And, I, and all I can say is I can't think of a better way to spend a Saturday morning. All right. Some good coding discussions. Very good. All right. We'll end it there. Ray, take us out. Happy coding. Thank you for listening to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and their staff maximize income and efficiencies so there's time and energy for patient care and a happy life. Special thanks to Carl Painter for the music today. You can find his music on Spotify under his record label, The Juicery.